Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
mouth of the sound, Jimmy Hart. Hey, check out my new tag team, baby, Money in the Pharaoh. Hey, Jimmy, don't forget to tell them about Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Well, you know what, I would, but you already did it. It's Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and Pharaoh, the Monty and Pharaoh show. Monty and Pharaoh, bro. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. The Monty and Pharaoh show. And you're watching the Monty and Pharaoh show. Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. And Monty and the Pharaoh. Oh, is it Monty and the Pharaoh? Monty and Pharaoh. The Monty. And the Pharaoh show. Monty and the Pharaoh. To the Monty and the Pharaoh show. And it's Monty and the Pharaoh, baby. Watching Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Oh, what a run. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Hey, cut the fucking music. When you want the best in professional wrestling, Long Island, there's only one place you're going to get it. Right here, Monty and the Pharaoh. <laughs> now, that's not just the coolest, and that's not just the best. That, my friends, is just <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Monty and the Pharaoh. You've got the future Hall of Famer, that rocker, Marty Jannetty, MJ in the house, and I'm sitting here with two more future Hall of Famers, Monty and the Pharaoh. We're doing that stuff and we're going to rock it. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Duh. Welcome to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast out of Indie Music TV here in Ron Conkama, Long Island, on a special Monday edition of hmm. Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. To the oh. right is the star of the show, Mr. Jimmy Farrow. Jimmy, how are you, sir? Very good. Got me out of bed for a Monday. Good job, Mike. It feels like it's been a while since we've been in studio. Right? Yeah, it has been a while because Matt was uh, hanging out at Jersey Shore with Snooky. Yeah, I was checking out. Matt, how'd you do at the Jersey Store, brother? <laughs> did all right. You with, did okay? With Snooky. Just Hooked okay. up with some of them Jersey girls? What? Unfortunately, not this time. <sighs> There's Squeedies. really no one over there right now. Squeedies? Well, that sucks. The heck is Squeedies? I would like to thank the band that sings the theme song for Monty and Farrell and Jimmy Farrell, along with his yeah. partner, Bart Griggs, are part of the band Wisteria Hall. Yeah. Wisteria Hall sings such great songs as their new song, Riding oh. High, the theme song of Monty and Farrell, mm, still the man. In My Dreams. This life, not far behind, and here comes the rain. You can find their music on Spotify, iTunes, and Reverb Nation, or where music is sold. Monty DeFaro can be seen on YouTube, the Monty DeFaro page, Facebook Live, the Monty DeFaro page, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Twitch TV, Monty and the DeFaro page, RTF Sports Network, their anchor show every hmm. Thursday from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m., and the replay at 10 a.m. on Mondays to 11 a.m. Also catch us on... Cable Channel 115 every Tuesday, the reduced version. Reduced? I always use that. Why do you do that? That's completely inaccurate. 
Uh, and for early risers on channel 115 from 6 a.m. to 6.30 and on channel 20 Friday morning at 1.30 in the morning, right? The abbreviated version. The abbreviated Thank version. You. Where you will see our Reduced. special guests, Mr. Andrew right. Anderson yeah. and Kevin Sullivan, who are in yeah. studio. Before we get to those gentlemen, we'll be right back after this commercial break. And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. That's right, folks. Canine Corral. For all your dog daycare and overnight care, call 631-549-1544. That's 631-549-1544. You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto Excellence. Collision Specialist. 631-261-6420. That's 631 631- Two six one six four two zero Auto Excellence. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and Afaro, and we want to welcome two pro wrestling superstars, two icons in the industry, Mr. Andrew Anderson, Mr. Kevin Sullivan. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Appreciate oh, no, thank it. Did you. I tell you I would bring the legendary Prince of Darkness? That I would bring the Taskmaster, the Games Master. He's known by many names, but the best way to address him is a devil. The devil. Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan, an icon in the world of professional wrestling. Thank you for gracing us. No, thank you, know. you for having me, guys. Unbelievable. I certainly appreciate it. And being on the number one wrestling podcast, and it's something else. Thank you. Thank I you. appreciate it. Nope. Andrew, you always come through, brother. Listen to me, man. I love you guys. You guys are my boys, man. We so, have you, a... so you know how Farrow's a big wrestling fan, man. Yep. When he heard Kevin was coming in, marking oh, out all I, the way. Oh, come on. I did. It's I did. Kevin yeah, Sullivan. I did. I did. I did. And now that I've met the devil, the devil's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into stuff, ask yeah. Kev, tell Kevin how you got into Kevin Sullivan. Oh, my God. Well... Goes back to that funny thing called UHF. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it yeah. goes back to UHF, and I remember Florida, and I remember PWI, and there was something even, even though I was like limited in my access to Kevin Sullivan, being back in the pre, like the early cable days where you only really had Channel Nine at midnight. You know, the Georgia Championship Wrestling wasn't even happening yet. Mm-hmm. You know, but the, through the mags, I, Kevin was larger than life. I and always, you- I always felt like Kevin was the very beginnings of these dark character, like the Bray Wyatt's we see today. And then you, you go know? to U- Uf- UHF channels, and you kill it, Florida Championship Wrestling. Of course. And that's when Of you, course. That's Florida Heavyweight Champion over there. Yep. Your uh, long-time yeah. relationship with the devil began. Yeah, yeah, very much so. The UHF, absolutely. It happened absolutely. to me, too, kid. Yeah. It happened to me. I mean, yep. I remember watching uh, um, Kevin run out and Spike Blackjack Mulligan and, and um, Kevin, J.J. Uh, uh, Dillon, Ron Bass, Buddy Colt, Gordon Soley. Brian Blair, um, God, the so, Mulligans, so Dusty, let me ask you, Dusty. Andrew, right? You, you guys, you guys work together often now. We yes. get into that. Yes. But being a wrestling fan growing up, right, and then growing up and watching this icon, yeah. How do you avoid marking out? Yeah, uh, listen, <laughs> I avoid. When I, when, this is this is how I avoid marking out. When he sits in the car with me, 
and he just goes ahead and starts telling me the stories. And and a lot of the guys, a lot of the boys I know, like I'm friends with Barry Windham, I'm friends with all these guys now, and JJ, and, and uh, I, I knew Jack Mulligan, and uh, Jack Windham, and, and uh, but, but to hear the stories, the behind-the-scenes stuff now. Now, I know the, the, the aged wrestlers, how they are now, you know, and I watched them growing up, and, and they influenced me, heavily influenced me, as he did. And uh, as you know, him, him, Jimmy Snuka, superstar Billy Graham, you know, even even uh, Greg Valentine, my relationship with Nikolai Volkov, a lot, a lot of the relationships that I've that I've uh, created, and to have a long term relationship and to travel the world with Kevin Sullivan was just amazing. And every time, there's always a new story, or there's an old story with a little twist that I haven't heard before that I've heard again I've heard the story some of the stories I've heard because you know Kevin gets a little redundant you know <laughs> but no but I've heard the stories but he always comes up with something added to the story or how that story came into play and then there's a story in the story that I haven't heard before which leads to another story which makes it total endless entertainment and education even after 26 years in this business I'm still learning. And, and, you know, you said, how does Andrew do this and not marking out for me? It's not only goes one way, it goes two ways. I was a power lifter, and I mark out for Andrew. Anybody that bench pressed 225 pounds 74 times. I mean, I was a power lifter. I, I squatted 825 pounds mm. at 242 and when I was 61, I deadlifted 600 pounds. I can't imagine what he did. So I mark out for him. It's an equal, uh, equal respect. respect here. And and I, I, the thing about Andrew is Andrew was born 15 years too early. Andrew would have been a huge star across the territorial days. He would have been, you know, Knocking on the door of the NWA champion, he would have been uh, the Florida champion, the Georgia champion, all that. So, And the other thing about Andrew, he is braggadocious sometimes as he comes off, and he's got the greatest personality of all the people I know. He's very, very respectful for our era. And a lot of people aren't. And the thing about Andrew, he wants to learn. Even in these days, Andrew should be working at a major company. And the problem is, and this is going to get me a lot of heat, the people writing these shows have no idea what they're doing. And I was going to, I mentioned to you off camera that the three smartest guys I ever met, if they had seen Andrew, he would have been on top everywhere those three guys promoted. Who were the three smartest guys? Three smartest guys I ever met in my life was Eddie Graham, who was actually the booker for Vince McMahon Sr. The second one would be Jim Barnett. People don't understand National TV that we think about when national TV happened, it happened in uh, 
Turner, right? 17. It happened 20 years prior to that in Chicago with Fred Kohler, who was an NWA member, and that was played every Wednesday, Monday and Wednesday night. But there became another NWA promoter in Chicago and played on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and his name was Schwartz. Jim Barnett had control of both of those, and Jim worked with Vince Sr., but Eddie was booking the finishes, and when I was a young boy, I was lucky enough to go to Eddie and learn under Eddie, and a few years later, when I was, you know, still green as grass, I'd be in St. Louis because I was working Kansas City, and Pat O'Connor brought me in, the great Pat O'Connor, the NWA champion, brought me in Kansas City and said, come here, come here. Uh, this is when we had pay phones, right? He said, I want you to call Eddie. i got to get a finish for this main event. And I called Eddie, and I'd say, Eddie, uh, I'm here in St. Louis, and Pat wants to talk to you. He didn't give me the finish. You know, I was a peon to that. But I had the number to call wherever Eddie was, and Pat would, uh, hey, say, Eddie, we have a Holly race against Dory Funk Jr. tonight, and we want to work a return. What are we going to do? And the, uh, ultimately, the finish that Eddie gave, they did in St. Louis. It was the same thing in New York when Bruno was wrestling, we'll say, Koloff. He called, Vince didn't have me call, but I was sneaky enough to listen to the conversation. Eddie, I have them, I have them booked for three shows back to back. What should I do on the first one? Eddie gave it. And Jim was the first guy never to have territories. He had cities. Jim owned part of Los Angeles. He owned uh, uh, Vegas. He owned Salt Lake City. He owned Colorado Springs. He owned Denver, Lexington, Louisville, part of Chicago, and part of Boston. Part of uh, uh, New Orleans, and part of San Francisco. So between the three of them, I got to be very lucky because I sat under uh, Eddie's learning tree because I became the surrogate son when him and Mike had fallen out. Mike and I were dear friends. And then when I was working for Vince Sr., he used to do his TV in the uh, arena in Philadelphia where the original Rocky was filmed. And everybody had I had gotten there early and there was no big honchos in the room. And I went to his book and I looked and he had Hanson three matches. I turn over. This is the garden. Two, two matches for, for Brody. One match for Crush and for Dew. Then I look at He walked in. I thought it was going to be told to hit the bricks. And he said, 
you like what you see? I said, I have no idea what I'm seeing. He said, you want to learn? And he said, come on, sit down beside me. When I sat down beside me, I had instant heat. And, uh, you know, they didn't want a young kid like me learning that end of the business. What do you think made Vince Sr. trust you so because, quickly? Because of Eddie, because of my relationship with Eddie. And the unique thing was because I didn't start there. I was a local boy and didn't start because there was great local talent like Johnny Rods. When Johnny went to uh, uh, L.A. and was Javaruk, he drew nothing but money. Uh, Vince didn't like, it wasn't that he didn't like local guys, but he used those great local talents on the mid and lower cards, but he brought in people on the top. I had worked for Vince on a couple of weeks on my vacation when I used to go home to Boston, and he would put me over in the little town, so they got to know me a little. But I think it was because Eddie it was. My job was I beat the guys that Bruno had wrestled on the way out, like Sparisarion, uh, other guys like that, uh, Crusher for Dude, uh, Blackwell. On the way out, I beat them, and I would do the job for Stan Hansen, Bruiser Brody, because I think Eddie talked to him and said, the kid knows his position. And I... I'd, understood what my position was. My position was to be there, learn, and also learn the business, not just the wrestling business, but the manipulation of the wrestling business. And with Jim, uh, Jim and I had a love-hate rela love relationship for years because Jim would get so upset at me sometimes because he would tell me like I was on the fourth match in the Omni and it was three more matches and I would give it 110% and he called me and said great match great match and uh, I said thank you and he said there's three more matches above you what were you doing outside on the floor? I said, well, I was trying to get some heat and let the guy get the heat. He said, they're going out on the floor on the main event. They've seen it already. You know, and he, he'd eat me out. And then one of the funniest times I ever had with Jim was when we were uh, in night. I was in 1980 where we boycotted the Olympics. I uh, was teamed with Tony Atlas, and I was wrestling Ivan Koloff and Alexis Marinoff. And I got called up to the office at the Omni to see Barnett. I said, this is either going to be very good or very bad. So as I walked up, and I said, what's going on, Jim? He said, I'm going to do my best. Barnett impression. 
Kevin, my boy, you've done it again. Jane Kennedy called. Do you have a thing with Jane Kennedy? Tell me now. I want to know all about it. I said, no, I've never talked to her. Oh, you have. She's called you. So she got on the phone and said, we're going to film this match tonight because I saw you and Tony Atlas have an interview, and it was the first time we ever saw an interview that was positive in wrestling. And the interview was the week before we wrestled Koloff and Smirnoff, I took a black cup of scout and put them on my knee. Tony took a white cup of scout and I said, there's no north, there's no south, there's no east, there's no west, there's just America, and we got to beat these Russians. And that night, all across the uh, regular news, it showed us beating the Russians, and Jane Kennedy said, there's no Olympics tonight, but the uh, Americans beat the Russians in the Olympics tonight, nice. and it was Sullivan and Tony Atlas. So wow. That's great. Yeah, and, and Jim understood what that meant, that it was not only they didn't do it tongue-in-cheek, they did it as this was a professional sport. And that's what those three guys had in common. When they hired Gordon Soley, Gordon Soley was a race car announcer. And Mike heard him, and he said, I like this guy, Dad. And he came to Gordon and said, would you like to do wrestling? And he said, yeah. He said, you're going to present this as a professional sport, no tongue-in-cheek, and the day you do it, you're gone. And Gordon Soley, to me, is the greatest announcer of all times. Absolutely. We, absolutely. In this studio, he is, too. You, 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 mentioned, <laughs> absolutely. you mentioned Mike Graham twice. Oh. Yeah. Mike seemed to be really intelligent. Number two, um, you mentioned he's a very close friend of yours. Did you know Mike was having the problems he was having uh, when that all went down? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you put it together after the fact. Mike had a podcast, and it was the 13th podcast he had, and he called me. And I did his podcast, and Mike and I were close. We were oh, just practically raised together we were kids we're 20 years old together and uh mike was very very tough i mean i wrestled mike amateur first time i got there in florida his dad talked to me he says have you had any amateur wrestling ability he said yeah i said yeah he said uh come down to hero matsudas tomorrow i want you to work out with mike I was smart enough to hold my own, but I was smart enough to realize the kid had to go over. And he respected that. And when I left the territory, Mike would fly himself in. He would have, but the Pumas would pay for it. And Mike would go around the, every territory I ever worked for after I left Florida and put me over in the middle of the ring. Wow. And that was something. And uh, after the 13th, and we had a love relationship where we never said, hey, I love you, man, like I do to Andrew and right. hug him. 
he, after I did the podcast, he called me back and said, man, you know I love you. And I said, yeah, I know you love me, Mike. He said, no, you know I really love you. And I said, yeah, I know that, Mike. He said, I love you. And he hung up the phone. And my wife and Mike were good friends. And she, I told her what she said. She said, there's something wrong. He, you know, he, we, I could tell you stories about the three of us and going out and partying. She said, you better call him again. And I called him up and I said, you okay? He said, yeah, I'm okay. His son had just committed suicide like a year later. His wife told me he's wearing his son's boots. I thought, uh, this is not good, you know what I mean? Uh, I should have done more. I feel like I have been uh, a victim of suicide in my family with my father. I felt like maybe I should have done more with Mike, should have gone there. And you got to realize this, not many people know this. Mike committed suicide with a gun. His father committed suicide with a gun. His son committed suicide with his gun, a gun. His grandfather committed suicide with a gun. And his uncle committed suicide with a gun. Wow. So it runs in the genes. And uh, I don't have any regrets in life. And I don't think you can look back like Satchel Page. I'm a huge baseball fan. You know, Satchel Page once said, can't look back, something may be gaining on you. Mm. But of all the things I feel like I should have looked back on was that one. All right, with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Jimmy, I got to take a dump. What? No. I mean, I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental. Long Island, New York, 631 900 dump. Hmm. In the mood for a freshly roasted cup of coffee? www.offtherailscoffeeroasters.com. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh, seen only here out of Indie Music TV in Ronkonkoma, New York. Our special guest, superstar Andrew Anderson and icon Kevin Sullivan in the studio. Um, Kevin, I feel for you. That was a that was a tough story. That was and, deep. Uh, I've never hard. told that story ever. Yeah. Hey, if I can be honest, real quick, I don't know what you were supposed to really do. I, mean, I don't know either. What on earth were you supposed to do? I mean, genetically, like you spoke of, it was, you know, what are you supposed to do with that? Yeah. What do you got, Mike? Anyway, um, 
So, Andrew, real quick question for yeah. you then. So, Kevin said you were born a little too early, right? You thought, Kevin? Did you say right. early? Uh, yeah. I kind of, when I look at you, I'm like, I've always felt he was born maybe 15 years too late. Like, I felt like Kevin, uh, um, Andrew's got the size, right. he's got the mic skills, right? Right. He's a good wrestler. And I always thought, like, if he, like, was born, like, was, you know, 20-something years old in the 70s. Oh, I can see he it. He would be, like, an oh, instant man, can I beast. see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can see it. Exactly. Oh, yeah. you know, it's right there. Kevin, Kevin said that repeatedly. It's um, right there. Tony Atlas has said that repeatedly. Yeah. Oh, Tito yeah. said that repeatedly. Yeah. Um, With a guy like him managing you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I ask you, Andrew. Yeah. I can see that. Utmost respect. Yeah. Why do you think that it, you, you just never hit the... Because I'm old school. I'm too old school. You know, I mean, look, I, I've... I've it too was old too, school combined with timing? Like, yeah, you know, I think the... it was more timing. I think it's always been the, the fact that somehow, some way, that door never opened. You know okay. what I'm saying? Once the door would start to open and guys... First I was told I was too small. <laughs> then I was told I was too big. Okay. Then I was told to cut your hair short. What? Then I was told to told to get lifts in my boots. Then I was told to bleach my hair blonde. Hey. You know, it was like it was like I was getting jerked around. Like I became the everybody told me. All the promoters said you got to be a Russian. Put me in the business in my rookie years with Nikolai Volkov, which was great. Now, listen, I have no regrets. I wouldn't change a goddamn thing. I've lived the life a hundred people on the planet haven't lived the life I had. Done the things I have done. Partied with. Everyone, like 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 Kevin said, I partied with rock stars. I partied with royalty. I have met everybody, you know, uh, uh, politicians to to paupers, you know. Um, I, you know, it's just it's been great. But I wouldn't change anything. But it was always like they they put me with uh, Nikolai, and they made me a Russian. And I remember uh, Mikey Nova um, telling me at a after an ECW show, AC, yeah, after an ECW show and a Jersey All-Pro Wrestling show saying, what are you doing? The Cold War's dead. He goes, you're an Anderson. you got to be an Anderson. Look at you. And that's how it changed. It mm -hmm. changed. And that was in about 1997, 98, no, I think 98, you know, and, and it just, it, cha the, the, it changed. And it was just, and then occasionally you had the promoters still wanted me to do the Russian. I'm team with Nikolai. They wanted to make sense of it all, you know. Some 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 promoters wanted to keep me where I was at, where I was at the last time I was working. Like if I worked for a promoter named Mike Dano, he always wanted to book me as a Russian, team me with Nikolai, you know, or put me in the main event of the Pepsi Center of a, of a of a WWE Legend show against King Kong Bundy, you know. So I was always and I was always caught in that that loop. So it was almost like I was caught in in a, in, a, in a paradoxical loop. But it, you know, it, it 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 doesn't bother me. Look, I've I've Look who I'm friends with. Look at the, the stories I hear. And look but, at the guys I work with now and the things I've done. But I'm going to interrupt here, if you don't mind. You know, the three guys I mentioned, and I, uh, one of the smartest guys in the wrestling business I left out is Terry Funk. If I was the booker and I was in Florida and he came in the door and Eddie would look at me and say, what are you going to do with him? And if I said, well, I'm going to have him against this guy that's a jumping bean, and the jumping bean's going to beat him, Eddie would say, you know what? Why don't you pack up your bag because you've lost it? Mm -hmm. If he went to Amarillo 
Terry would have made him a madman to work against him because he's so big. Yeah. He's legitimate. Last night we were at a show, and I wanted to bring this up. I'm watching Andrew. I was there for the autograph session, but I wanted to watch Andrew wrestle. And it was him and uh, Tokyo Monster against these two other guys who were big like these guys. And a police officer said to the promoter, it's finally good to see guys that look like wrestlers. Yeah, amen. <laughs> and I wanted the promoter to understand. So I said, Officer, will you tell me what you just said again to, and tell him? He said, it's finally good to see guys that look like pro wrestlers and they're big that you'd be afraid of them. Yeah. I'm, and this is not to knock anybody, okay? This is not to knock anybody. I'll do it for you, so go ahead. At my <laughs> age, <You> will. <laughs> if the four of us went out to a bar and we had a little buzz on and we had some Jamisons, wow. and we were walking down the street. Yeah, I like Jamison. <laughs> and we took a left-hand turn, and Brock Lesnar was walking down one sidewalk, and Orange Cassie is walking on the other sidewalk. I'd say, excuse me, guys. I'm going on that side. I, I'd be right behind you. <laughs> and I know. He's got his hands in his pockets. He's, He's dangerous. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh but I'm going at this is... I knew wrestling was prearranged when I was a kid because I had wrestled from uh, eight years old I was state champion. I had I wrestled in the New England uh, three years in a row, and the I came in second. The guy I, I lost to for three years in a row became the NCAA champion. Okay. Okay. I knew you couldn't take a guy by his hair and bail him out of a corner. You can? And I, <laughs> I I used to watch the wrestling and go to it because I enjoyed seeing the guys. Uh, and, the, uh, and I was willing to uh, check the um, my disbelief at the door sure. when I bought a ticket. Sure. The sheik came to town. Oui. I'm sitting there, and he came out, and I felt the building move. I said, I don't give a shit if that's all fake. That guy's real. Yeah. I said, that guy's real. Mm -hmm. Years later, he became my one of my dearest friends in pro wrestling. I almost got my uh, big tattoo of the Sheik on my arm. Thank God I didn't <laughs> when he hired me, what? right? Oh, thank you for paying me. Yeah, yeah. he said, your pay's cutting one-third, you know what I mean? Uh, but we understand it's an art form, but we're insulting the people's intelligence. I don't mean to get on anybody's ass, but when I was a kid, I'm only I'm, I, at the time I was only five eight, but I was two fifty two. I squatted uh, eight hundred and twenty five pounds. I I was a power lifter. I was yeah, a bodybuilder. You were a beast, dude. I, was I a remember body, you. I was a, a body, uh, but I, I was also a magician. I worked with Andre quite a bit, and I didn't realize how much I worked with him until I looked at a book that said uh, Florida Championship Wrestling from 70 to 85. 
what I used to do was I used to send a bottle of Crown Royal over to Andre before I worked with him. And Andre and I were good friends. And I'll tell you how we became good friends. But Andre one night came down to Orlando. It's the only time I ever fell out of character. He came down. And my deal was when I wrestled Andre, he walked. I got to the ring first, he came down, I attacked him, dove through the ropes, attacked him. I didn't dive, I jumped and <laughs> attacked him. And I posed him, and that night he got blood for me. And I was on top of him, beating the shit out of him. And this old lady who had those crow fingernails ran her fingers down my back. And brother, it hurt so bad, I went, oh! <laughs> And I turned around and I said, will you sit the fuck down? Oh my God. I'm 5'8", 250. He's 7'4", 550 pounds. He's going to kick my ass sooner or later. Quit picking on the big guy. Yeah, so what, what we would do with that was uh, he would st we'd stay on the floor for about three or four minutes, and I'd beat him pillow and a post, but he was always down. Finally, he made that comeback where he punched me a few times, threw me in the ring, and when he stepped over the ropes, I made sure I was on my knees. So the height difference like that, and I would go, no, 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 mm -hmm. and then we'd go home. It was a magician act. I saw Siegfried and Roy before <laughs> they died. The, the one died. When he put the sheet over the white Bengal tiger and then appeared in the third balcony. Yeah. I knew there was a magic act like but they didn't tell me how they did it. They didn't say, Oh, after that it would be like me saying, After I took so, a shit, I grabbed this bunny and I I I wiped my ass with the bunny. That's why the bunny's brown. So, you know? so let, me, let me ask you this then. You, you bring up a great point, right? You were able to play big. Guys like Piper, right? Yeah, Piper, what did Piper great. weigh? 210? Maybe. Maybe. Wow. Savage. Really? Yeah. Savage, right? Wow. Maybe 210? Maybe. Free Savage, yeah, right? And, Free and Juice Savage. Savage and I used to go to bodybuilding contests, yeah. and we were down to almost nothing. So here's oh, my man. question. These guys played so big. When Piper wrestled Hogan, you believed Piper could beat yeah. Hogan. Yeah. Why can't today's wrestler play big? I think they're trying to do too much. They're trying to do too much. If you look at Piper, Piper would throw those punches and they, he was uh, attacking you. He was attacking yeah. you, attacking you. And you're saying, wow, he's vicious. He didn't give you time to say, hey, he's 205 pounds. You know what I mean? I was in th Florida for three years, and the guys I wrestled most of the time were Dusty Rhodes, Blackjack Mulligan, who was 6'7", mm -hmm. Barry Windham, the greatest babyface I ever worked with, Andre the Giant, and superstar Billy Graham. And they were nice enough to do the right thing to get me over. People actually thought that I was superhuman. Yeah. And the other thing they did was when I got my shoulders pinned and they got up and stumbled around the ring, I got my heat back. I made sure that I could do a job every night, but the next week it was, 
is going to be a tape fist match. The week after that, he's going to be in a cage. He's going to finally get his comeuppance. And that's the difference today is I don't think, and I hope I may be talking out of turn if I insult anybody. I don't want to. But one of the things Vince McMahon taught me was when I looked at his book, he had January and he had December booked, the top three matches. Wow. Wow. My wife is an author. And I asked her, how do you do a book? She said, you got to get the ending first, and mm -hmm. the beginning comes mm -hmm. second. I think they're doing not only the beginning, but week by week by week, and they're not sticking with someone if it doesn't work. Well, to, to be fair, and I'm not right. defending what's happening, right. you have a different audience now. Right. With all due respect, we talk about this all the time. We grew up, I grew up in Madison Square Garden, Backland, Morocco. Mm -hmm. You could, you could, the Backland, Morocco match would get booed out of the arena now. Right. You know, my opinion, right? And as You're much right. as I loved it. And Morocco was one of the most versatile, greatest heels of I mean, all time. Some of the greatest, listen, I'm a WWE guy, I grew up a mm -hmm. WWE guy, a WWF guy. But when you watch... Today's audience couldn't stand for it. No, and but it's hard to be a writer. The okay, but, out there. Uh, but can I interrupt you about sure. that? Underneath that, they had Dusty and Superstar in a bull rope match. I'm too, I'm sweet too sour. Look at the 22-inch pythons. And Dusty, I'm the working man, brother. I'm the working man, brother. I'm going to kick his ass, brother. Who went to see Morocco against Backlund? They went to see Superstar against Dusty. Yeah. They built that thing around, I could tell you a story, and I don't know if I should, but I will. All right, that's what I want to hear. <laughs> you know how Morocco, uh, how uh, Backlund became champion? Go ahead, hit us with it. Well, I will tell you this. What I do know is that Vince called uh, Eddie. Eddie and said, okay. hey, Eddie, I'm looking for a baby. Like, yeah, a, 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 okay, right? yeah, you're And then he goes, right. hey, I got this guy, Bob Backlund. He said, no. No, okay, you got it. It's on you now. I'm there. I was a surrogate son. Okay. I fished. Do you think this was a tough job? I'm Mike Graham's partner and his best friend, and his father's flying me to towns, and Mike is driving. Okay? Yeah. Because I knew a secret that nobody else knew, except Terry Funk and Jim Barnett. And Monty Nefaro in about yeah, one minute. Yeah, <laughs> So... And he said, calls me one day and said, let's go fishing. We used to fish a lot. He said, let's go fishing. Be in the office at 11 o'clock. I go up 11 o'clock. I'm talking. He said, let's go. Phone rings. The See story you. you just said is exactly the truth. But Eddie says, no, the guy you want, because his tag team partner was Steve Kern. He said, the guy you want is Steve Kern. Wow. Because his dad was a war hero. He was a prisoner of war twice. Are you aware of that? In World War II and in Vietnam. You know how what his job was in Vietnam? Mm -hmm. To see how close a missile could get to a plane. He spent five and a half years with John, uh, John McCain, uh, McCain in, uh, in prison, right? That was reasonably safe. He said, you need to go with Kern because Kern's a better speaker. Wow. Okay? 
and, and, and so he's looking for someone, and is he looking for Backlund? He's or? looking for Backlund because he's watched the TV. Gotcha, but he's like, no, Kern's the guy. Kern's gotcha. the guy because they were tag team partners. Understood. They were the Florida tag team champions. And Eddie said, no, uh, Vince, I think you're making a mistake. And he said, Eddie, I'll get him over. He said, you're going to have a hard time getting him over. Kern is instant heat with the father. You get a foreign heel talking about his father, big deal. He spent nine years as a prison war. America is the shits, okay? He said, I, I guarantee you I'll get him over. And he said, no, I don't think you will. He said, Eddie, I'll bet you 100 bucks I will. He said, okay, the bet's on. You remember what you said about Morocco and Backlund? Mm -hmm. Do they stack the cards? Pedro, Bruno, You're right. Superstar, Backlund, Dusty, every every card was stacked with Backlund. So you mean to tell me, because we spent five, to, five or so years of our junior high, high school hating Bob Backlund. We could have had Steve Kern as a villain coming in? We could in? have had Steve Kern as a baby, baby face. As a baby face. Oh, okay. So let me ask you this. In All your right. opinion, yeah. knowing what you that know now. That would have been now, weird. Which should Steve Kern have become WWF champion? I think knowing what he knows now, superstar Billy Graham should have never lost that belt. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the difference was I love Steve Kern. He's one of my dearest friends. We grew up, him, me, and Mike. Nobody at that period was as charismatic as superstar Billy Graham. The greatest interviews of all times. I My greatest interviews, my list is King Curtis. There's nobody that topped King Curtis, okay? Everybody stole for King Curtis. Then it's superstar Billy Graham, Dusty Rhodes, Blackjack Mulligan, and Hulk Hogan. Superstar should have turned babyface against so, Ivan Koloff, Stars and Stripes. So, so, but I ask you then, you said your top three, Vince Sr. was in your top three smartest guys. Right. Why didn't Vince Sr. have the foresight to say, look, Superstar's already got, he's already turning face regardless what's already happening. Because, because he was the most honorable man I ever met in the wrestling business. He told Bob the day he came in, and the day he was going to win the belt. Wow. And in my heart, he knew it was the wrong thing to do for business. But he said, I gave my word. And I'm going to keep my word. And that's why he stacked the cards. Because those cards were so stacked, you don't think those guys were getting uh, mid-card payoffs. No. You know what I mean? They were right. getting, they were walking out of the gardens with a lot less money for Vince when he, uh, Bruno was the champion or Pedro was the champion. Mm. He had, there was times, like I said, where he had Dusty and Superstar. He had Pedro. He had Bruno. And he had Andre. He had yeah. Andre. I mean, he had still had Calhoun. He had guys on that card and, and, and his underneath cards. And the other thing that he did, and a lot of people forget this, he was bringing in Piper. He was bringing in Flair when they were brand new guys who were all over those magazines, like you said you guys grew up on. When he would bring Valentine in, I'd lose my mind. Okay. Really so, I mean, there it is. <laughs> but he would, so, have, he would have Flair, and he would have uh, 
Piper on the undercards. But, but yeah. here's, here's and a lot my of people don't realize then. that. So he promises Backlund the belt. Right. He keeps his word. Why did he yank it from him? Why did he keep He had it on for like five years, right? Five, five years. and a half years. He's trying yeah. to get him over. Five I, and a half years? No, I don't think he was trying to get him over. <laughs> I think that there was. People don't realize this. When do, do you guys recall the incident when Pedro Morales was wrestling Blackjack Mulligan and Blackjack almost got killed? Mm. He got stabbed in the ring. Yeah. I got okay. a Puerto Rican rolled in the ring and cut him from the top of his hip to his boot. Mm. Seven hundred and, and the guy wow. the guy pissed on the on the knife mm-hmm. and Jack almost died. Oh. I think he said and you gotta realize mm. back in nineteen fifty seven the big riot was uh Raka and Edward Caponte mm-hmm. against Dick the Bruiser and uh, Dr. Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. That started the 14, you could have to be 14 years old or older to get in the gardens. He saw that again coming. And he, they, at this time, you know, they had gone through a huge, huge federal lawsuit on monopolies in the 50s. They didn't want any more under the microscope from the government. That's really interesting. All right, well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then I want to talk about the man that you didn't mention in your top three, Vince McMahon Jr. Oh. We'll be right back. You want to star in your own success? Call QuickCast, www.quickcast.com. 8667-CAST-NOW. That's 8667-CAST-NOW. QuickCast. Start your own success. Jimmy, I just got the best hookup on tickets. Hmm, fill me in. I went to www.seatslinks.com and ordered the best tickets with the best prices. Call 718-676-0504. Seatslink. The complete ticket experience. Tell them Charles sent you. And Verola Worldwide Logistics for all your logistic needs. Please call 862-227-3670. Once again, that's 862-227-3670. Verola Worldwide Logistics. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and Afaro, with a special Monday edition with pro wrestling superstars and icons, Mr. Andrew Anderson and Mr. Kevin Sullivan. So, Kevin, we uh, broke to uh, a little intermission, but you did not mention Vince McMahon Jr. How do we leave Vince McMahon Jr.'s name out of the greatest, smartest pro wrestling minds in history? He has to be the greatest mind for wrestling entertainment, not pro wrestling. Have you ever heard the word wrestling on that television program? Oh, you can't say that. You no, get you, in trouble. You, you don't talk about okay. wrestling. Andrew tried to say it the other day. He got yelled at by Vince. I mean... You can't, you can't say that word. Vince took it. He, he took wrestling... From a territorial and carny-like atmosphere, 
and brought it to the big screen. And Jim Barnett, without Jim Barnett, there would never have been a WWE because Barnett knew everybody that was ever associated with professional wrestling that was a program director, when they looked at their watch, they thought about Jim Barnett because he gave more Rolexes out to any program directors across the country. So that's how Vince got on it. Vince saw this as, we're going to make this a kiddie show. And rightfully so, he's done a remarkable, remarkable job. But as time has gone along, we used to check it in and say, well, yeah, I know it's fake, but this guy's real. They don't have anybody, this guy's real anymore. Because they know, like, Brock is, can be anybody. There isn't two guys you can match up. And this is no disrespect to them. They're worldwide, but it's coming, I believe, with the ratings going down. I had stocks. The stocks are going down. Uh, he had the, uh, what was that, football league he had? The XFL. XFL. There's uh, seems to be a little bit of uh, hanky panky on money that was invested. Uh, I think they're in trouble. I I don't. I think they're in trouble when you got. And here's I think what's wrong is they got so many guys. You can't. You don't know who's who. When you were growing up and going to see the gardens, you knew Bruno, you know who he's going to wrestle. You knew the entire card. Now there's so many guys, and they're either gone quickly or they're there forever. Well, Kev, another, another factor that you mentioned last night, we were on a, on a, a virtual um, signing last night, and we were also had a Q&A. And one of the things that Kevin discussed was one of the reasons why ratings and stuff are down was he had a, Kevin had a podcast where Eric Bischoff was his guest. And what did Eric Bischoff say? This was the smartest thing I've heard in years. Eric, I asked Eric, why do you think wrestling's down? He said, CNN and Fox, they're doing wrestling better than we did. Wow. Yeah. That's right. You got the heel. We got, got a heel and baby face. You're right. It doesn't matter. Left or right, it left doesn't matter. Right. People are glued. They're to... glued. And I, I said, Except I took you guys serious. I don't take either. Never yeah, mind. and I, I, said to, I said to Eric, we just smiled, tie bandanas on our heads, blue and red, crips and blood. Yeah, yeah. That's what we are now. You're right. I mean, didn't Trump just say today... I'm flying home to Seattle, which is now a terrorist state. Mm. Uh, Oregon's a terrorist state, and New York's a terrorist state. I mean, we are building where people uh, have to watch news. And maybe because they're doing it better. Let's not forget this either. Trump's in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. He's a worker. I mean, he's mm -hmm. working it to the max, mm -hmm. and him and Vince are very close. Linda's on the cabinet. There's uh, something going on, and they're doing it better than we did. Hmm. When you were in WCW yeah. and you were booking, 
Did you guys want to put the WWE out? Did you want to knock them out? I never did. I never did because I'm the person that thinks I used to give guys jobs even if I had to cut their money because some people didn't understand how good the guys were. I would keep them working enough that they could feed their families. I never wanted to see the WWF at the time go because those guys, hey, they were on the road 350 days like we were. They deserved to feed their families. Competition is good for, for the wrestling business. That's when we were at our highest. And it makes you think, okay, I'm against my competitor this week. He must be thinking something very, very uh, good for this week. That's why I used to book a, a year out. And I could adjust after three months where I was going. Do you think you were one of the best top three bookers in the history no, of professional no, wrestling? No, no, no. I was, a, I was just uh, the last to learn, I think. Along with you were I, highly, highly successful. You, you know, you, your angles were pretty successful. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the things is I I broke Paulie into the business, mm -hmm. and Paulie became very successful. Uh, I think what's happened is I got to learn under the guys that learn, like Eddie learned from Doxopolis who learned from uh, Ed Strangle-Lewis, who learned from Lou Thez. It was passed down and passed down. Mm. But that lineage has been broken. And, you know, I, I call Terry Funk almost every week, and Terry and I talk about it, and we talk about manipulation. And so Terry says, people think manipulation is a bad word. Manipulation is a good word because you manipulate to draw people to come <coughs> to the buildings. Well, when you say manipulation to this young group, they say, oh, they're carnies, they're trying to work us. No, we're trying to work the audience. Yeah. And uh, that was very nice for you to say, but I was like, I would not have been even mentioned like that if I wasn't accepted by the people I was. You were NWA Junior Heavyweight Champion a few times, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, I got to bring this up because you earlier on you mentioned you know the difference in size and believability when there's a big guy and a smaller guy in the ring. Is Rey Mysterio the beginning of the small guy pitting the big guy and really pushing that that line of believability? Because nowadays you see so many wrestlers wrestle like Rey Mysterio, flipping and flying and flying and flipping, and then they pin a guy his size. Or bigger. Or bigger. What, how, is Rey the beginning of that? I, I, I mean, I, I don't want to pin it on no, Rey because no, he's a legend. I don't, don't want to cut Kevin off, but in my eyes, from, from my generation, I thought when that WrestleMania, I think, I don't know if it was WrestleMania 30, when Daniel Bryan subsequently beat... Uh, Triple H, mm -hmm. he beat who else? Mm -hmm. um, who else? Did he Batista, beat? I think, Batista was in that match. and somebody else. The fans had was demanded the that they almost pushed somebody the McMahon's that he into beat booking like that. Three of the biggest guys mm -hmm. in the business, all in one night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I could not fathom that. He's a great. He's one, probably one of the greatest technical workers out there right now. He's phenomenal. Trained by Shawn Michaels, I believe. Mm -hmm. You know, tremendous athlete. A great guy. I like him a lot. I appreciate his work, right. but. 
the psychology of whoever booked that, I couldn't understand it. Yeah, I always go I, back I, to the night that I, Rey when Mysterio he beat the big page, show, I said to me, pinned, to myself, this uh, is the show. death of the big man. Right. Well, I hate to say this, you know, we, uh, you're absolutely right. I booked that. I booked Ray. But I was thinking he was going to be the only one because my thought was he was David against Goliath. When he pinned Big Show. Yeah, no, not oh, when Kevin he pinned. Ash. When, no. when he, back he, in WCW. He, okay, back that in I WCW. remember, of course, too. But I remember when he got the world uh, he, yeah. he got the push because he was David against Goliath. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect a that. floodgate. <laughs> yeah, the floodgate to open. So I just put you over as the greatest booker of all time. Yeah, you see what I mean? Carter always called you booking God, shit. But I did not. But he's probably—he's probably right because that was the beginning of <coughs> disbelief. Where you checked at the door? Can, can I you, take a you little? You created Orange Castle. Hold, hold on, hold on. No. Can I, can <laughs> I just, uh, wait a minute. Go ahead, go ahead. Let me take a little heat off of him. You didn't right. book. You didn't book with one, two, three kid pinned. No. Okay. No. It's not all your fault. No, no, no. that was, that was <laughs> no. But here's the difference. Those smaller guys. <laughs> here's the difference. Ray Mysterio was so unique. Yeah, at yeah the he, time. No, he was. He was. And he does at play the big. Time, he was the only guy yes. doing the flips. He was the only guy. It was doing, like Spider Man versus it, the yeah, Hulk. It, it was. The and only, he plays big, right? Yeah, right. And he plays yeah. big. He does. And it was the only time that they had seen that kind of guy since Argentina Rocca. Right. So okay. I thought, well, okay. he's the only guy. We're not going to open this up. <laughs> and then we, Oops. then I left, and it opened up, and it opened up, and opened up, and opened you up. Created Billy, Billy Kidman pinning Hulk Hogan. I did. So, oh, yeah, uh, I can't. I can't. I'll ask both of you, Andrew, first, mm-hmm. if you don't mind. If you pay for wrestling school and you wrestle, does that make you a pro wrestler? Oy. Uh what makes uh, a pro wrestler? That's that's a hard question these days because you're going to get a lot of people bent out of shape. Yeah, well, that's why I'm asking. I think I think I think you have to pay your dues. You know, you gotta you gotta really. Uh, it's tough, you know. I mean, everybody. I'll answer it. Go ahead, uh, Kevin. He, he's trying to be around. <laughs> I'm trying to be around. Here you go, Kevin. Politically correct. I, I'm old enough not to be politically correct, and if they hate me, they hate me. There you go. The guys teaching them never drew a dime. Okay, exactly. as Mike Graham said. Never drew a dime. Never drew a dime. Never Jeff drew Jerry, a dime. Never drew a dime. Yeah, give me a pencil. I'll and Mike was right. Yeah. You can't yeah. have guys telling people how to work to get asses in seats when you never drew a dime. So what is a pro wrestler? To me, a, a pro. You know when they say, "Oh, he's a great technician. Mm-hmm. He's a great wrestler." A great wrestler to me is the guy that puts an ass in between mm-hmm. sixteen inches. Around the arena, mm-hmm. if you don't put people to come and see you, you're not a great. So wrestler. if you're on an indie show and they pay you twenty bucks, you're not officially a pro wrestler. No, I no, don't no, think no. so. I don't think so. I think you should try to look for. A, it's like, and, and your, I'm not knocking anybody because there's some guys that started off that way, mm-hmm. but the guy that's running the show, it's his responsibility to look at somebody and say. Can this guy draw me more than I'm paying him? Mm-hmm. Amen. Who is the greatest draw in the history of this business, in your opinion? In this business? Yeah. Undertaker, I think. And Undertaker, Undertaker by far. Undertaker, Undertaker yeah, by far. Definitely. By far. Wow. How long has he been in the business? Interesting. Okay. How long has he been in the business? About 30 plus years. 
every time he Non-stop. worked. Non-stop. He, he sells out. Yeah. And he never broke character. That's why they paid to see him. He didn't break character until this year. He didn't have a social media thing. You know, no one knew where he lived. There wasn't mm-hmm. anything about him. He was the undertaker 24 hours that's a day. You, know. you knew his real name, but that's all you know. So yeah. I, I ask you this then. You're running w, you're with Bischoff. You're, doing, you're booking yeah. for Bischoff. How come you guys didn't try to rip Shawn Michaels and the undertaker away? You could have put the dagger. Ooh. You could have finished it. Yeah, that would have been. The Undertaker, and I i don't know Mark very well, Okay. but The Undertaker, I believe, is a very loyal guy. His son is named after Vince. Mm. Shawn Michaels knew that if he left, he wouldn't get the money in the long run with Vince by showing his loyalty. They weren't going any place. And it always gave their friends a chance to say, well, we'll just go back up there. It was a very smart move, and it was very Machiavellian. Mm-hmm. I, I thought they were brilliant guys that, that, that did it that way. Were you upset the night that uh, Kayfabe apparently uh, took a death at Madison Square Garden? Yes, I was. With the curtain yeah, call? Yes, I was, and... Uh, I think that the guys did it for maybe the right reason because they loved each other, but they certainly did it for the wrong reason for the fans that paid. It hurt their business, I believe. And uh, Razor and Kevin are very good friends of mine, very good friends. I've got uh, two comments from fans out there. One, Andrew. Uh, Modern Day Warrior says Andrew Anderson looks like a mix of Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Steve Doctor Death Williams. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's quite a compliment. That's a nice I appreciate yeah. I appreciate the compliment, but yeah. some fan came up to me yesterday. Okay, I'm not going to say some fan. Uh, my opponent the other night happened to say to me outside the ring before the match, "Hey, hey, Drew." You look like a combination of Brett Michaels and Fozzie Bear. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. I was, I was, screw, screw you, Wrecking Bowl Ligurski. <laughs> another comment out there. They just want to say, Kevin, you're a genius and an icon in this industry. Oh, thank you very much, Mom. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I hope so you left some meatloaf for me when I get home. We left. <laughs> we, we recently came to the studio this year, which we love tremendously. Oh, yeah. But one of our first guests was Jim Douse, the original husband of your yes. ex, uh, yeah. Nancy. Can you tell us about the day that you heard that Nancy was murdered? Yeah, uh, I was work. I built the largest gym, and it's still the largest gym in the Florida Keys. And Teddy Long called me. It was one of the saddest days of my life. Uh, we had spent 13 years together, and it's like one out of two marriages fall apart. Our marriage fell apart. I, we were separated for eight months. She was a wonderful girl, and the most important thing to her was being a mother. And to this day, her, I, her mother and family I still talk to. There's an urn of a starfish with Nancy and an urn 
of her son, her grandson, on her mantle. Mm. And I can't imagine her mother and father getting up every morning without them. It's a sad day. It was a sad day. All right, with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Can I run and take a leak? Sure can. And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah. That's right, folks. Canine Corral for all your dog daycare and overnight care. Call 631-549-1544. That's 631-549-1544. You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto Excellence. Collision Specialist. 631-261-6420. That's 631-261-6420. Auto Excellence. In the mood for a freshly roasted cup of coffee? www.offtherailscoffeeroasters.com Jimmy, I gotta take a dump. What? No, I mean I need a dumpster. (sighs) Well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental. Long Island, New York, 631-900-DUMP. Jeff Quest, graphics design, custom vinyl lettering, and all your art and video needs. 516-317-8204. That's for Jeff Quest, graphic design. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Martin Farrow. Yeah, we're having a little bit of a we're having a little bit of lost in space moment with Farrow and me. There's mm. nothing behind the scenes, anyway. <laughs> we're welcoming wrestling superstars Andrew Anderson and Kevin the Sullivan. Uh, you got this one, Farrow man. I got this one. Well, Andrew had previously on previous visits to this fine show had mentioned uh, Cuba to us, so I wanted to ask uh, Kevin because apparently. Mr. Kevin Sullivan is behind the uh, arrangements for Cuba. What do we got going on in Cuba, Kev? Uh, hopefully not another revolution. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you can't tell. With, uh, with Andrew and a few Cuba leaders, and then I may be president. So you guys better take care of me right now. He might say the wrong thing at a bar the next thing yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh, my God. But we're, we're hoping to 
Uh, bring pro wrestling back to Cuba, which hasn't had it since 1959. Wow. So uh, that's when Fidel took over. And uh, Andrew has done an amazing job. The thing about Andrew is you can't judge a book by its cover. Uh, I think of myself as a semi-historian. And when I talk about things I think are over people's heads, Andrew beats me to it. And uh, Andrew has gone and done this. We were going to go before the covert hit. April 18th. And it hit. But Mm. as soon as we're able to travel, because the Caribbean has locked us down except for, I believe, St. Kitts and St. Croix. And Jamaica. No, Jamaica is locked down. And uh, the other one is Aruba. So... Hopefully we'll be able to go, and it will. Uh, I'm looking for it to be a big thing, because you know the, the people there all have satellite dishes. Mm. They've seen wrestling. They've never seen it since 1957, and I'm hoping that we will do really, really well and make it like. Uh, Four times a year would be great. This is very nerdy of me, and you know that I would do this. Well, first, before you even get into it, I want to know why we're not good friends like they are. What are you talking like, about? I'm a little jealous. They're like all nice. They're not other. kissing or anything. What are you I talking about? Oh, we did before, guys. They slipped in my the tongue. I can't stand that. <laughs> His breath is so bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 bad so you, see, you see, you never know. Uh, you know, we might be looking for some color commentators to go. Opposite the Spanish-speaking crowd over there. No, we're raising our hands. I'm, so. I'm a colorful. Yeah. Wait a minute, hold on. I'm going to be a psychic for a second. No, he's not going to get there. Go ahead. And and you uh, and you um and you know and you know uh, your uh, wrestling spots and you know your wrestling holds. That's your it, baby. I'm ready. We're ready. Yeah, yeah we're ready. Plug, right. plug us right in. But I still have to ask this because you know the Farrell gets kind of nerdy. What was the history of pro wrestling in Cuba before Fidel? Before Fidel, it He's was. Before Fidel, it was at one time ran by Cowboy Luttrell, who was uh, the precursor of the uh, Eddie Graham. Okay. And then after him, a local promoter took over and gave Cowboy Luttrell a booking fee, and he took wrestlers from the Caribbean. And mostly, you know, Hispanic wrestlers. So it was back in the day. I remember, people don't know this, but Florida Championship Wrestling ran Puerto Rico before Carlos Colon. And uh, Jim Barnett actually gave Carlos, Carlos Puerto Rico. How did Barnett lose all of his power? It sounds to me like he was had his fingers everywhere. What, he, was that? what caused Barnett's demise? <laughs> He lost his power because he, even though he was an NWA member, occasionally he would run against an NWA member. And it caused a lot of heat and caused the division. And they decided it'd be better off if Jim left. And Jim sold Detroit to the Sheik and... uh, Indianapolis to the Bruiser and went to Australia. And back then, the only thing on Australian TV was government 
things, sharing sheep, mm. you know, sh- sharing, sharing sheep. Yeah, sharing, sharing sheep. And rugby, right? <laughs> and, and rugby and, and cricket, and then all of a sudden, wrestling came and they blew it open. Back in 1972, I was offered, and I was green as grass I was in Florida and I was offered a thousand dollars a week Ooh. as an opening match in 1972 1972 <laughs> Australia <laughs> two questions here now that you used to be mentioning that number one when you came up with that whole satanic uh, yeah weren't you nervous about that like you were really <laughs> stepping the over the line I never I never said the word devil Right. I never said, uh, you know, uh, hell, I never said that. And uh, I used to go to church and talk to my uh, priest about it. And he said, in the end, Jesus wins anyway. So, <laughs> you, you're, 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 and he, he was a big wrestling fan. He says, Dusty's Jesus, and he's going to beat you anyway. He referred to the devil as yeah. the chairman of the board. Yeah, <laughs> and I also used to call Habuda Dean. And Habuda Dean, when I went to uh, uh, Malaysia, I went to the cave temples in Malaysia 2,500 years before Christ. And I got to meet a guy that was, they called him the Sifu, which is like uh, the one that was the enlightened one. And he told me that the, the word Habudadin was a fertility god in their religion. So... I could guess I got screwed so many times by Dusty. I was so you you're you're in the territories. You're an yeah. NWA guy. I know the WWE is pretty much the only game in town. I know yeah. AEW is new, but everybody says it, but I don't know how true it is because. But was New York the mecca? Like, did everybody want to get to New York? Because. Really, you never went to New York, right? You worked there, right. but you never really, when you were in your heyday, you never headed that way. No, I never headed that way because at that time, I had a good job in uh, Japan, and I also had a good job in Asia. And I knew these guys were working 350 days a year, and I knew I wasn't going to fit in in that clique. So I said, okay, I may not make quite as much money, but I'll be home. I'll be places that I, I short trips. Um, my main hobby is scuba diving, and I scuba dived around the world. So I've lived a good life. I've never said, oh, I wish I went. You can't look back, as I said before. You, you know, regrets. Uh, so you mentioned 350 days numerous times. Yeah. The wrestlers, does does Vince McMahon owe wrestlers past pensions and medical? Is it is it is it his responsibility to take care of the old timers that can't pay for themselves? I mean, we recently lost Kamala. Yeah. Right? Uh, what are, what are your thoughts, both of you guys, on that? My thoughts on if I'll go first, Andrew. Yeah. My thoughts of uh, when I signed a piece of paper that said they had the rights to my television. There was no internet. There was no streaming service. 
uh, I knew what I was getting into professional wrestling, but the YouTube, uh, the network, I should be getting a shekel somewhere down the line, enough to pay for a sushi dinner once in a while. I think, and I don't think Vince McMahon owes them a lot, but what he's making off of their uh, stuff on the network, he definitely owes them something. I guess they, some of them get royalties, and then I hear different sides. I mean, uh, it's a giant company. The people that are employees are getting a uh, retirement. Why aren't the wrestlers? Because they're not. If anybody tells me they're an independent contractor, they should go to the nearest psychiatrist and check in. So I, I ask you this then, right? Right. I understand where you're coming from, especially right. since there's a kind of monopoly on it, right? right. There's not a lot of places right. to go. But back in the day, you were able to leave and right. go from area to area. You right. wanted to be an independent, right? right? Because if you wore out, you could make more money somewhere else, right. right? Right. So I guess that model just traveled along all this time. And then my question to you then, as being a leader of wrestlers, how come you didn't get the boys to unionize? None of the boys were unionized. To this day, they wouldn't unionize. Why? Because some guys are making six million dollars, some guys are making three hundred thousand or one hundred fifty thousand. Are you going to get the guy that was making? I mean, Jesse tried to do it with Hulk, right? And Hulk exposed him. You think a guy making six hundred six million dollars is going to go along? No, no, they're not going to do it. But did you see Yang, the guy that ran for president, mm-hmm. is getting involved in mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once you get the federal government on your ass and Vince McMahon beat the federal government on the story trial, mm-hmm. $32 million they spent and he beat him. I hope they don't come and get him because... They don't like to lose. So I'll give you a perfect example. A friend of mine, <clears throat> Phil Cassinetti, got Ted Williams' uh, ring from 1946 when the Red Sox won the pennant. Mm-hmm. And but I, lost the World Series. Yeah, lost the World Series to, to the uh, great. He lost it to the Mad Dash with Enos Slaughter slider across right. the plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's got a 300 lifetime batting average of play for the New York Yankees, too, during the 1950s. He slaughter. Yeah, yes, right. he was. Yes, he was. Thank Very you. good. Go on. Very good. I know yeah. exactly who yeah. he's talking about. Country in a slaughter. Country in a slaughter. Spike uh, Jackie going oh, he first was a, place. Yeah. He was a dirty player, yeah. from yeah. what I understand. Go on. So, But enough about that. We regress. Yeah, so what what's going on is my friend had that ring. And he went on to shows like this and showed the ring. Mm -hmm. And he got it from a guy that won it in a card game at a a college card game. And the only guy that could have had that ring was Ted Williams' son, John Henry. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I try to get Ted on our show for, and talk about Goldberg for 30 seconds. Ted Williams was my hero. He wanted $150,000. I said, that ain't going to work wow. for me, brother. Was Ted able to talk for himself at this point? No. Because from no. what I understand, his yeah. son had him, yeah. like, holding his arm, signing yeah. bats yeah. in the yeah. basement. Yeah, till yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what I heard. You know? his, son died, his son died very young, so mm. sometimes things work out for Yeah, he couldn't hit a curveball anyway. <laughs> Go on. Yeah. yeah. I got you. So, Bleeding hearts, the two of us. Yeah. The devil's in the room, you were saying. So... Uh, <laughs> When that happened, <laughs> my friend was on the cover of Sports Illustrated and was talking about that ring. He'd been all over. Mm. John Henry called and said he stole the ring. Mm. He called John Henry and said, John Henry, if you want this ring back, I paid $2,000 for it. This is before the internet. You can get the ring for two grand. John Henry told him he stole it. He went to court with his partner in, in it, right? They came up to the partner and said, you talk your Phil into doing this, we'll only give you four years. They were going to give him 25. Jeez. Phil said, I ain't going to do this. And they said, there's no chance you're going to win. They went to court. 45 minutes later, they were found innocent. Three years later, I met Phil... We're in East Boston, he's Italian, we're eating uh, some pasta. I'm looking at these people, they're looking at us across the table, and they've got suits on. And Phil's family used to be in the gambling business in East Boston. And I said, Phil, do you know these guys? He said, no, but I know who they are. The guy came over four years later, put down a card, FBI, and said, we're watching you from the now until the day you die. Wow. wow. So they don't like to lose. So, so I wish Vince the best of luck. Wow. Wow. That's heavy. That's All not right. very comforting. We're almost out of <laughs> Sorry, time Vince. here. This has been an incredible interview. Uh, Andrew, you got anything to promote coming up, brother? Oh, uh, uh, Yeah, October 14th at the uh, Lava Cantina at uh, the Colony in Texas and uh, right by Dallas. Uh, SWE Fury, the hottest wrestling promotion out there right now. And uh, you got great talents like Brent McKenzie, heavyweight champion Tim Storm, uh, Rodney Mack, uh, and uh, Jazz. Uh, Do you talk to Tim Storm at all? Occasionally, occasionally. I want a shot at that belt, you know. I'm trying to smooth my way into it, but he's a little scared of me, you know. So, and uh, best of luck to, uh, to James Beard, uh, one of the senior officials who has had some health problems. Looking forward to... Uh, to having him possibly ref that title match if Tim ever uh, puts up or shuts up. And hopefully, um, you know, we'll see what happens on October 14th and see where uh, where it leads. But uh, November 7th, I'll be back again in uh, in San Antonio, Texas for SWA Fury. Go to SWAFury.com, check it out. And uh, I'll be in the, uh, for UWF at the um, Atlanta Motor Speedway the 10th and the 11th of October also. So, so you're kind of getting out of this COVID thing. Listen to me. Uh, this whole weekend was yeah. great. Uh, Kevin awesome. and I, we wrestled in Rhode Island. I had a show. Kevin was signing. I wrestled in Rhode Island for uh, NW, N, NAW uh, Extreme, uh, or NWW Extreme, sorry. Sorry, Trooper. NWW Extreme and, uh, in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. I wrestled for uh, for them, and uh, that was great to get out again. You know, my second time since the whole lockdown. Um, and... Uh, you know, we we did a bunch of signings at a Heroes Hideout up in Albany. 
It was a good time. Really good weekend, you know. I had a, had a blast. You guys did well. Yeah, and, so, and, and then we're here. We're here at the, the Mecca of talk shows, That's the Monty and the Pharaoh show. You hear that, Matt? Do you hear that? This is the Mecca of talk shows. Uh, and I'm having a psychic moment here, too. Oh, wait. Oh, if, better, you, have, if you have us in your corner, you'll definitely win that belt against Greater you. than Carson, better than Letterman. Oh. Move over, Leno. We got Monty and the Pharaoh. Double or nothing right there at that table. I forgot to mention, uglier than Stern. Well, yeah, well, that goes without saying. Kevin, what do you got going on after <laughs> well, you get home? I have a podcast. It's Taskmaster Talks. I want my friends to turn in and listen to it. Last week I had Eric Bischoff. I had uh, Crowbar. And I think this week I'm having Ron Fuller on. And I have a T-shirt company to plug. It's called Double Hell. And they have multiple T-shirts of mine. And mine too coming up. Yeah. And I like to say this. I certainly appreciate being here. This is probably, and I'm not bullshitting, this was probably the best interview I've done and I appreciate you guys. Wow, Kevin, thank you very thank much. You very I much. appreciate that. That means you. a lot to us. Thank you. you know, we, well, we got into this just trying to entertain a few, and thanks to people like yourselves. And uh, thank you for your career, come. too, because we grew yeah. up reading about you, and to have you in today is just one more dream come true for this show. You thank you so and much. And I will, I will tell you. you, honestly, you are an icon in this business. In my opinion, you're probably in the top three bookers in the history of this business, oh. and I put you ahead of Dusty Rhodes or Ooh, Ferd, right? So, nice. and I and I mean that from nice. my heart. Thank you. I, nice. I, you know, again, I know you're probably friends with Bischoff. I don't know him, but I will tell you that it must have been difficult working with him. So, <laughs> we have become better friends after 20 years, and I understand what Eric went through. And after you look back at things, you can see how things happened for a guy that was thrown in that position at a very young age, and he was thrown. It was a guppy thrown in a, into the shock pool. Yeah. Did pretty damn good there and for a did, while too. All right, but again, <laughs> yeah. I will say Not this bad. again: he Not had bad. you. Yeah, and I that was pretty important. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I, I don't want to forget what a great wrestler you are. Remember. These are guys, we're just fans. We don't claim to be wrestling experts. We grew up. We remember the day we first saw you. Remember, we're Northeast guys, WWE guys. We're watching Florida Championship Wrestling. Yep. And if I could remember, I might be wrong, correct me, because I'm a little old. Oh, you're, but you're a little the, old? I remember, I think the first really? experience I had with you, and I, I could be wrong, but I think you hit Dusty Rhodes with a baseball. Is that possible? I hit yeah. you. I hit him with everything. Yeah. And, and, and he sold nothing. So, and he sold nothing. So, maybe that was it. I got to tell you a quick story. One of my dearest of people that I had in my camp was Luna Vachon. Ah. And this was before she was Luna Vachon. And this is how heavy we got into mental things. And Gordon was the perfect person to play the part, okay? So L Luna was going to give the wrestler of the year to Florida. It was down to Barry Windham or myself. Well, she, her name was Trudy at the time. And I said to her on the way out, I said, I'm going to have to slap you because you're going to give it to Barry. So... Same thing. It was very, very close, but Barry Windham won in the closest thing. She handed him the thing. Barry walked off. 
I turned to her and I slapped her. When I slapped her, her legs went in the air, right? <laughs> I walk off. I get back to the dressing room. Everybody's pissed at me, right? And she walks in and says, Hey, you pussy, can't you slap any harder than that? I'm a Vachon. Okay, so now I'm suspended for TV for two weeks because I will not apologize to her. On the third week, I'm going to make an apology, and Gordon's there, the president of the United States, is going to make me apologize. He said, we're here at a very sober moment. Mr. Sullivan's here to uh, uh, apologize to Trudy. And she said, Mr. Sully, before you say anything, I'd like to address Mr. Sullivan. And, I, and Gordon says, you have every right to. Please go ahead. And she said, when you touched me, I had this warm feeling over my body that I had never had before. I had a tingling sensation that I never felt before. Will you allow me to follow you? And I said... She was beautiful. Right. I said, well, you have to shave half your head. She said, I'll do anything for you. Gordon's face dropped. Oh, my God. Everybody saw her get her head shaved and said, this has to be real. No, we'd do that. (laughs) And she was, Luna was terrific, and I miss her to this day. How about Purple Haze? Purple Haze is 83 years old. He's squatting 405 for 10 reps. Nope. Mark Lewin. And he's doing, and I hate to say what his supplements are, but his supplements are A to Z. And, and, and that isn't vitamin A and zinc. Oh it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. He dabbles, though. Yeah. He's, uh, uh, he partakes of the cosmic cooking. Yeah. So. One of my fans out there, and th- this Thursday coming up, uh, we have PW, former PWI writer Bill Apter in studio. Ah, just one thing. Go ahead. I want to give one, one shameless plug. Kevin and I on May 1st will be in the U.K. for World Pro Wrestling, right? Yeah. Nice. We'll yeah. be wrestling in the U.K. for World Pro Wrestling. I want to go to the U.K. I feel really... I feel like don't take me anywhere. I feel like there's some normality going on. Well, it's actually bit, making me feel good. Up. Yeah. Yep. God bless. God bless. Some normality. So this th- th- this Thursday we got Bill Apter in, and then uh, we do not return until that following Friday where we have okay. Marty Janetti, the um, Rocker, okay, the Marty. FBI, okay, and then we finish off with, with Tommy Rich, with Tommy with Rich, Tommy Tracy Rich, wildfire, Tommy Rich. Well, yeah, I got to throw in Tommy Rich, there. and uh, then we finish off with Barry Horowitz. But uh, we also want to make a real quick special announcement. Nikita Koloff will be in studio October 24th. He'll be in an interview with us, and then we're going to do a virtual signing with Nikita. So that should be really good fun. Staying busy. Uh, I want to thank Andrew Anderson, Kevin Sullivan. What an honor. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Incredible. This has been Mike Monty. This has been The Farrell. Until next time, later.